Comey was spying on Trump. Well, the reason he was writing the memos was to create a record so that he could destroy No Trump. American knowingly colluded with the Russians to interfere in our election campaigns. Oh wait, unless you mean Hillary Clinton. Pardons, prosecutions, and transparency. You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW TalkNet. Hey, everyone. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update on social media. Thanks for joining us this week. Judicial Watch is doing more than ever to hold the government accountable to the rule of law, something that is essential in this, frankly, revolutionary period where the rule of law is is, uh, under attack and um, the radical left and the communist left is seeking to overturn it. We have lawsuits on the Wuhan Institute. We have a major development in our case against the racist interview policy set by Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Uh, And uh, we also have ah, COVID, of course. We have a new lawsuit uh, concerning the COVID death cover up in nursing homes up in New York. So uh, Judicial Watch is, again, covering it all. Before I get to any of that, I want to talk briefly about the news that is breaking. And I say news in a sense, I don't trust it, but the broad outlines are supposedly there were leak investigations during the Trump administration that continued into the Biden administration, to be clear. And these leak investigations included grand jury subpoenas issued for certain data to Apple, data that encompassed the communications of Adam Schiff, the head of the Intelligence Committee, the corrupt head of the Intelligence Committee on the House currently, and Eric Swalwell, the Chinese Communist Compromised member of the Intelligence Committee that outrageously is still on the Intelligence Committee. So um, remember, there were these criminal leaks or leaks of it looks like criminal activity, criminal leaks in the sense that there were leaks of classified information targeting Trump and not targeting Trump. And it looks like the investigation included whether or not the shift gang was involved in the compromise of classified information. Now, Judicial Watch separately filed a complaint against Schiff for compromising classified information and confirming classified information in a way he's not allowed to under the rules. So, you know, if you are in the position to know whether something's classified and you confirm its existence, you're breaking the rules. And that's what Schiff did. So, uh, and there were all sorts of other evidence Schiff was a, a grave leaker. So what happened is the investigation just continued and continued and meandered. It sounds like the Justice Department, doesn't it? They were trying to vindicate the rule of law by pretending to do an investigation. So they really weren't vindicating anything. They were investigating something world without end. And uh, finally, it looks like Barr came in and said, what's going on with these leak investigations? So they were continuing. Schiff uh, was informed, allegedly, in May that they shut the investigation down. So here you had the Biden administration shutting down, by the way, grand jury investigations into leaks that may have included the targeting illegally of Donald Trump, the violation of the rights, for instance, of General Flynn, who was also the targeting of these illegal leaks. So what is the news today? What is the big corrupt media's focus? How dare the Justice Department 
investigate people implicated in criminal activity even though they're in Congress? How dare the Justice Department do that? As opposed to, why did the Biden administration intervene and end an investigation into its political allies? So that's the news of the day. I just wanted to focus your attention on how to think about the news about the, the, the targeting of ship. Now, the outrage factor uh, or the hypocrisy factor is high because Schiff is saying this secret investigation is the worst thing in the world. When in fact, as you may know, Judicial Watchers has been in court trying to get access to secret subpoenas he issued, not pursuant to a grand jury, not pursuant to a court, pursuant to his own political agenda, his own alleged authority as a member of Congress. Subpoenas for the phone records of Rudy Giuliani and others. Records that he ended up publishing. Records of a journalist, records of a fellow member of Congress, the records of the president's lawyer. And they're taking the position right now in court that Congress can use issue subpoenas on their own and there's no accountability for it. That's the battle we're in right now. So when you hear Schiff and the dishonest media criticize the Justice Department for issuing subpoenas under court authority and grand jury authority, just know that Adam Schiff thinks he should be able to issue a subpoena against you and you should have no ability to challenge it. And no court should be able to intervene to stop it from happening. He doesn't think he needs to get a court to violate your Fourth Amendment. Well, to, he doesn't think he needs to get a, a court to validate his subpoenas into whatever he wants. And that's the position of the House, the Pelosi House right now. So I wanted to highlight that. You've got investigations going nowhere into crimes targeting Donald Trump. You have the Biden administration come in and shut it down. And what is the complaint? One of the folks that they dared to ask a question of, or two of the folks, members of Congress, who are not immune to prosecution, are screaming about. So they think they can investigate Trump world without end, but Lord, but Lord, Lord help them, right? Lord help everyone if anyone looks at them. So you can bet Judicial Watch is going to be investigating this investigation. We're investigating the investigators. And I've, I've long said that Schiff should have been the target of criminal investigations over the handling and the sharing of classified information contrary to law. And I'm glad at least the grand jury had done it. Now, supposedly they were looking at 100 people. So, you know, it wasn't like Schiff was the target target. Now, the fact that he was on the list probably got the attention of senior officials in the Justice Department. But the fact is, according to at least CNN, if this is to be believed, that uh, it was ongoing and it was serious enough that uh, that they kept on uh, issuing a mandate that it be kept secret. Which is what they're allowed to do under law. Now, I, you know, I'm not all that comfortable with anything the Justice Department does these days. I, I just think the Justice Department can't be trusted to cross the street. So, yes, I am somewhat sympathetic to Adam Schiff. I mean, I, I, if, if Adam Schiff were smart, he'd say, the Justice Department wasn't investigating me in any serious way. They were just doing this to pretend to, to, to mollify 
um, at, you know, Jeff Sessions or other Trump appointees who said, well, we have to be seen to be doing something. And so my Fourth Amendment rights were violated because they were never serious about this to begin with. But of course, that's not what he's saying. The fact is, there should have been a serious investigation. And if there was a serious investigation, I'm not confident it was shut down for the right reasons, not because there wasn't any evidence. It's because the Biden administration shut it down. So that's the news. I don't like to do current events, but I, you know, I just hate the idea of media narratives, and I'm sure you do too, immediately taking hold. I mean, the media lies about everything or misleads or creates fake narratives about everything related to the last four years. I'm mean, an exaggerate, not literally everything, but practically everything. I mean, if the media tells you the time of day, you should probably check your watch just to make sure they're telling the truth. I mean, we had the media lies exposed this week again about Donald Trump, where you had the inspector general of the Interior Department confirm what the Trump administration had been saying from the get go, that when they cleared the Lafayette Park outside the White House, it wasn't so President Trump could have a photo op. They didn't know about that. They were doing this separately because they needed to secure the park and they needed to get people out so they could put fencing up. And it became a, a, a kind of a, 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 a fact of the left-wing media and the Democratic allies that Trump attacked demonstrators so he could have a photo op. And none of that was true. As I recall, that was part of the impeachment argument against him. Remember that? The second fraud impeachment. And they and this was not like, oh, well, we were relying on sources. No, they had official government sources telling them that wasn't true. And they discounted that because they hated Trump. I mean, when Nancy Pelosi tells you something, you kind of know. And it's not, I'm not any fan of Nancy Pelosi. But when a politician tells you something. You kind of know, it's like, well, you know, I take that with a grain of salt. It may be true, it may not. I'll do some research on it, see what the truth is. And that's the way we handle political speech. Either it sounds true or it you may understand factually. It may be an exaggeration or whatever, but you understand the point. Well, that's not the way the media is supposed to act or they they tell us they're not supposed to act. But that's the way the media is. So when the media tells you anything, you should treat it as if Nancy Pelosi is talking. And yeah, and if you're an extreme leftist or whatever, you may I don't blame you for taking the point of view that you shouldn't trust the media either. I don't think either side should trust the media. Who benefits from the story? What narrative are they trying to push? And I, I don't mean to go off, but you know, you see the media now talking about how. The Democrats need to move to the center because it was politically unpalatable to, for them to be at the left. Now they're getting some blowback politically. So now they're moving to the center. So if you're a left-wing Democrat, you must be thinking, where's this coming from? Media is so fundamentally dishonest. It really is. It's an awful uh, the legacy media is left, it's partisan, and it's dishonest and can't be trusted.
They sometimes do journalism. I don't deny that. There's sometimes great journalism that comes out of news organizations that I despise. But the exceptions prove the rule in my view. So we don't trust the media. We don't trust the politicians. We don't trust the agencies. So that's why we have Judicial Watch. We don't trust Congress. And accordingly, Judicial Watch has filed uh, lawsuits on another big issue, which is the Wuhan Institute and what Fauci knew and who knew what and what was going on with the connections between the potential release of COVID from the Wuhan Institute uh, of Virology, which is a Chinese communist controlled entity. Uh, it's likely the military. Well, I think literally the military for the Chinese are, are running it now. And as you know from the emails that Judicial Watch helped obtain and uh, some other news organ, BuzzFeed News, Jason Leopold obtained, uh, and the Washington Post, I think, got a separate batch of documents. Uh, Anthony Fauci and others in the in the agencies there, the, the politicized HHS, CDC, National Institutes of Health, et cetera, uh, had concerns early on that coronavirus is not a naturally occurring disease that it was the result of potentially a leak out of the Wuhan Institute of Virology, uh, an entity that received substantial government funding, albeit indirect. And uh, the concern is that there was uh, a type of research known as gain-of-function research that scientists such as Fauci defended as being necessary to be able to defend against viruses that may be initially innocuous, but if transformed or mutated, become dangerous. So how do you deal with the dangerous virus? Well, when you take the innocuous virus and you make it dangerous and see if you can combat it. Well, the problem with that is that dangerous virus could get out before you know what to do with it. And it's also a convenient cover if you're China for conducting bioweapons research that is otherwise prohibited under treaty. So there's no doubt we were funding that type of research generally, and that was supported by many, many entities, including potentially with tax dollars. And the only question is, uh, can we tie it back to that Wuhan Institute, the, 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 um, the, the virus that causes COVID? Now, there's the scientific analysis, and you know some folks who are, you know, I take seriously, Say, look, you know, it may look like it was engineered, but Mother Nature, and I'll, uh, and I'll say this, our Lord is a wonderful, uh, is, a, is, is an awesome author of biology, and what may look to be engineered actually is naturally occurring. And it's, it may look uh, like it would have been impossible for this to happen, but things happen in nature that often look impossible. So that's fair. So we need more information. The problem is, even early on, the Chinese weren't cooperating, and now it's a year later. So we're really in a position never potentially to find out the full truth, unless the science gets to such a point where there's really zero, and I don't know technically how this could be possible, uh, zero likelihood that it was naturally occurring. So there's always a chance it was naturally occurring versus released by the lab. But what is the other evidence you can look at other than the scientific evidence, which certainly 
provides circumstantial case in part. It's the China's, as I point out, China's reaction, which is to engage in cover, refuse to make material available. Even Fauci now that he's been put in a corner by this is saying the Chinese should turn over certain records. And they're never going to turn over those records. Why would they? <laughs> they're never going to do that. And the fact that they won't cooperate with any investigation suggests they have something to hide. So not only is there kind of a scientific case to be made, it's it's the, strength, the case that it was an engineered virus is strengthened by the Chinese communist reaction to it. So accordingly, Judicial Watch is not giving up. We don't trust the Biden administration to investigate this. We don't trust Congress to investigate this. We don't trust any of the agencies to voluntarily disgorge the truth. We've expanded our Wuhan Institute of Virology investigation with two new federal lawsuits filed against the State Department and filed against uh, the, uh, where else did we sue? Oh, the Office of Director of National Intelligence. So the State Department had an investigation going on into the Institute of Virology that supposedly was uh, shut down or impeded. And we asked for all cables or emails or other messages sent or received by any official or employee of the Department of State assigned to the U.S. Embassy in Beijing or any, or any consulate in China related to the Wuhan Institute of Virology or the origin of the virus. All records regarding meetings between any official employee representative of the Department of State, excuse me, and any official employee or representative of the Wuhan Institute of Virology, including briefing materials, notes, reports, or other records related, uh, related to any such meeting. And all records related to an appearance by Secretary Pompeo, or then Secretary of State Pompeo on ABC News, where he discussed concerns about the Chinese government's handling of the COVID pandemic. We've also sued the Office of Director of National Intelligence, which we believe also has information on this topic. And as I said in our release, and I'll reemphasize with you here, we don't trust either the Biden administration or the deep state to voluntarily come clean on COVID and its possible connections to the Wuhan Institute. And I'm convinced that Judicial Watch's FOIA lawsuits could be key to unraveling the connections. And the full truth between about COVID and the Wuhan Institute. I mean, look, just last week we uncovered that Fauci was telling us incorrect information about how much money the institute was getting from the tax taxpayers. He was saying it was six hundred. We found out it was eight hundred twenty-six thousand dollars. And the documents behind the scenes show that he and the federal government, these federal agencies who work compromised and implicated because of their funding of this type of, of the Wuhan Institute generally, were very much concerned that A, our money was behind it in terms of the, behind the gain-of-function research that may have resulted in the virus being released. And it was, very, and, and, but when you look at the public statements by Fauci and others at the time, you wouldn't know about those concerns. They were downplaying. And Fauci expressed his certainty. We have emails that show that, you know, his one of his top people said, you know, he doesn't keep track of this stuff.
So I, I, I tell you, the CDC, and I'll say it once, I'll say it again, I've been doing this work for 20, 23 years. I've been doing anti-corruption work for as long as, frankly, I, I consider myself an anti-corruption fighter from the time I started working for a living. 30 years now. But the CDC, the NIH, HHS, National Institute for Allergies and Infectious Diseases, which is the sub-agency Fauci runs, they're all like the FBI, the DOJ, the CIA, the NSA, whatever you want to call them. It doesn't matter the agency. You can't trust them. You can't trust any statements they say give. Uh, I mean, it doesn't mean you don't necessarily rely on them from time to time. And you, you know, you, we, we all got to, you know, got to let the government operate more or less and just proceed. But Judicial Watch is always back there, double checking and finding out where we can, what the truth is. And that's what we're doing on COVID. And it's China Connections. So this is just great work. I just, you know, I'm president of Judicial Watch. Of course, I love our work. But as a citizen and patriot, I love our work. As objectively speaking as I can be. And you should love our work. And if you're not supporting it, I don't know what else I can do to convince you. I don't know. I mean, who else is going to sue for all this? We're not going to be satisfied with one suit against one agency. We want it all wherever we can. As far as I'm concerned, our, our, our motto should be, uh, we can't do enough. Meaning there's always more we can be doing and should be doing and we want to be doing. So we're going to be pushing as hard as we can on this. There's the two new FOIA lawsuits. So now I think we have at least four about Wuhan and China and such. And I want to say something about this Fauci character. You know, early on, I'm sure like many of you, you know, although, of course, you know, many of you are smarter than me. So you probably saw it early on before. Yeah, I did. I thought he was doing an OK job. I had no reason to doubt anything necessarily he was saying. But then there was this email that went out. It was I think it was uncovered or leaked or whatever. I, you know, it had long been out there, but someone so all this old email Fauci sent to Hillary Clinton's chief of staff saying something about how he he loved Hillary. And I said, well, isn't this interesting? And I tweeted that. And as a result of that tweet, I was the subject of critical news stories in the New York Times, the Washington Post, USA Today. We sued for records about China, WHO, and Fauci. We wanted to know what was going on. We are criticized by the media for doing that. So I was criticized. Judicial Watch also criticized for just saying something is interesting about what Fauci was doing or vindicating our rights under the rule of law about what Fauci was doing. And now it sounds like Fauci's lucky to have a job. If you believe the news reports, Human Events is reporting. Our friend Jack Posobiec reported that um, he was almost fired last week after the emails that Judicial Watch in part helped uncover. So there is there is rough accountability. Sometimes it's too late and not perfect, but you know all we can do is what we can do given the tools that we have. In our country. And the tools are wonderful in some respects. 
this Freedom of Information Act. We wouldn't know anything that's happening but for that. This Congress isn't going to be helpful. Oh, boy. So next up is something um, that's also important, and it relates to COVID. And this is the issue of the COVID deaths in New York nursing homes. As you may know, uh, there have been allegations that there was uh, information withheld and minimized about the deaths and Cuomo's decision-making um, and regulations that required that nursing homes take in patients that had been found who, who were suffering from COVID. And that led potentially to uh, uh, other patients in the nursing home getting COVID that otherwise wouldn't have gotten it and dying. And I don't want to get into a, a, a to go into detail about the numbers because everyone argues about what the numbers are. But the allegations are there were people who unnecessarily were killed as a result of quote Cuomo's regulations. They knew the numbers were more than they were telling the public and maybe the federal government, and they lied about it and they covered it up. That's generally the allegation. So now there are allegedly investigations going on at the state and federal level into this. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't trust the Biden administration or corrupt politicians in New York to investigate another corrupt politician in New York. So that's why Judicial Watch has separate investigations, independent, unbiased investigations, frankly, compared to what the government's probably doing, into this scandal. We just sued, for instance, the Department of Health and Human Services for communications between Robert Redfield, who used to run the CDC under Trump, and New York State and federal government officials regarding the COVID-19 deaths reported in New York. Specifically, we asked for all emails sent to and from CDC Director Robert Redfield regarding the numbers of deaths reported by New York State government officials due to COVID-19, also known as SARS-CoV-2, or the novel coronavirus, and all emails between Redfield and other federal and state government officials with accounts ending in cdc.gov and exec.newyork.gov regarding the veracity of official numbers of deaths reported by New York. As I implied here earlier, in January 2020, his administration was reported to have confirmed thousands more nursing home residents died of COVID-19 than the state official tallies had previously acknowledged. And according to the New York State Attorney General Letitia James, who is a radical extremist, leftist, the nursing home deaths count could be off by about 50%. Even the New York Times notes, Cuomo must be on the outs with the Biden administration or Democrats generally. They may not like him because all of a sudden, you know, as you remember, he was St. Andrew like Anthony Fauci was. Now he's the worst person in the world. Now, I don't necessarily believe he's the best person in the world, but I'm always suspicious when a politician that gets nothing but positive press from his allied left-wing media then gets nothing but negative press. As I said, always try to figure out who benefits. But I always try to look for the facts behind it, whether or not there's politics behind it. The effort by Governor Cuomo's office to obscure the pandemic death toll in New York nursing homes is far greater than previously known, as the Times pointed out, with aides repeatedly overruling state health officials over a span of at least five months, according to interviews and newly unearthed documents. 
So some folks wanted to get the information out, but it sounds like Cuomo's cronies intervened to stop it from happening. Now, we already have a separate lawsuit against HHS about specifically what New York and Pennsylvania, who also had rules that state the Commonwealth, I guess, the Pennsylvania, had rules similar to the Cuomo rules. I think New Jersey had similar rules and maybe Michigan as well. So we may have to broaden the investigation. But if it was your father, your grandmother, your mother, your sister, your aunt, or whatever, who died because of these regulations, who otherwise may be around with us today, as I said earlier, we can't do enough to try to figure out what went on. And so we're happy to be able to do this work. And we're happy and grateful to you that you have supported us in a way that allows us to do this work. So we file lawsuits, but the lawsuits, you know, you have to follow up on. And accordingly uh, and separately, Judicial Watch has a lawsuit uh, on behalf of uh, the Daily Caller News Foundation and a uh, white reporter. Let me make sure I got the, uh, uh, the specifics here. So um, the reporter, Thomas Catanacci, I think I'm pronouncing his name right, uh, Thomas asked for an interview with Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot on the anniversary of her second year in office, I think it was. And Lightfoot at that time had said that she wasn't going to give report, uh, give interviews to uh, non-minority reporters and not even male reporters. So you both had to be, I think, female or minority to get an interview, which is illegal. It's racist. It's discriminatory. So we sued for Thomas and his uh, his uh, Daily Caller News Foundation. And so we were in part of that lawsuit included a, an immediate uh, request from the federal court for an immediate injunction against Lightfoot over uh, her discriminatory policy. By the way, our Thomas still hasn't gotten his, um, his interview. And the hearing took place on Monday. I was able to listen into it. So the lifeless lawyers come in and they say, oh, no, well, this policy was, you know, it's no longer in effect and there's no need for an injunction. And the judge is like, well, what do you, you know, and we pointed out, well, there's no evidence to that. You know, we got a letter saying it's no longer in effect, but that doesn't mean anything. It's a letter from a lawyer. Presumably they're not lying, but you know, trust but verify, especially when you're in a, in a civil rights case like we're in. I mean, the mayor admittedly engaged in discriminatory behavior. Why should we credit them to say, well, we stop when there's no evidence to stop? So the judge ordered that any clarifying, because uh, they offered to file a declaration, and the judge says, you know what, you need to file something by Friday. File it by Friday. Actually, the judge said, how long will you need? And the Lightfoot's office said, well, you need it. The lawyer said, we'll need it till Friday. And just said, okay, file it by Friday. But we need to clarify what's going on with this policy. So we should get more information. As we speak, I don't know if it's come in yet, probably come in a little bit later, about what the policy is and if it's ongoing. Now, Lifewood's lawyers seem to suggest that she should get a day pass to engage in racial discrimination, a one time out to do it. Well, that's not what the law is or should be. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see. She was just interviewed on CNN about this policy. She accused our lawsuit of being frivolous, but she didn't. I, I listened to what she said quite carefully. I don't know if I listened to the full interview or not, 
but nothing she said suggests that the policy had ended. And whether or not it ended, it doesn't end our lawsuit. So the lawsuit's going to continue, and I don't know how it's going to turn out, but it's important that lawsuits like this be, fi be filed because we've got this rising tide of discrimination that's been endorsed by the radical extremist left. It's allegedly to protect certain racial groups while targeting other racial groups. Then there's been nothing like it in American history before. There's been nothing like it. This coordinated assault on people based on race. Remember, we've had segregation. That's been awful. I mean, obviously, segregation is something like that. Slavery was awful. But in the modern era, there's been nothing like it. Nothing since the 60s, since segregation was largely outlawed. Now it's back again. This racial discrimination. And there's been nothing like it in, in 30, 40 years. I mean, affirmative action and race quotas, you know, that's been debatable. But here they've just accelerated where you have a mayor of a major city saying and she's going to discriminate and stand proverbially speaking in the city hall door and only allow people reporters of a particular color to get through pernicious outrageous morally unjustifiable and illegal so we'll see what the court does we'll see what her response is how is she going to describe what the status of the policy is with her when did it happen when did it begin when did it end is she going to promise never to do it again? We'll see what happens. But that accountability is good to see. So a lot going on at Judicial Watch. And I encourage you to follow us at judicialwatch.org because I can't. I'm an energetic guy. There's no way I can talk about everything we're doing, even, even during the period of time I have with you now. So we're even doing more than I'm talking about. So I encourage you to go to our website at judicialwatch.org. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. I'm still locked out. The documents I'm talking about are available on our website. You can find them. You know, you have questions about what the court filing was in the Lori Lightfoot case, come go to our website and look at the filing. If you have questions about the documents we found about what Fauci knew and when he knew it, go to our website. You can look at the documents. And I encourage you to look at the documents because, you know, we look at them. Let's say we get a thousand pages of documents. So we put out a press release. Well, how do you figure out what's the most important stuff? You know, we look at them. We say, well, that looks important. Let's tell people about them. But we recognize there might be other important pieces of information. That's why we put all the information out there to crowdsource it for the American people so they are educated and potentially find additional information that um, is important, but we may not talk about because, you know, we're human beings and we're just looking at it and just trying to figure out what to put out there to alert people to. So it's important that you stay abreast of Judicial Watch's work at our website at judicialwatch.org because all those social media sites, <laughs> who knows when we get kicked off of those for our truth telling. So we do it with your support. I encourage you to support our work if you have already supported our work, I encourage you to continue your support. And if you aren't supporting our work, I encourage you to make a donation now. And with that, I wish you the best and I'll see you here next time on the Judicial Watch Weekly Update.
You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate. <laughs>